when the Lord Jesus Christ died on the cross, it was finished. That is to say that he had borne the guilt and the sins and the punishment due to the sins of all his people, the people whom the Father had given to him, the people for whom he prayed on the night before he died. In that sense, uh, the work was finished on the cross. But uh, there were still great events that were to happen in the life of the Lord Jesus Christ, in the life of his uh, church, on the uh, evening of his uh, crucifixion, of course, he was buried. He was buried there for us as well. But on the third day, he rose again from the dead, glorious, triumphant over uh, sin and guilt and death and the evil one. He ministered to his Uh, apostles for the next uh, 40 days, teaching them, instructing them, most especially in all the things from the scriptures. And of course, that means the scriptures from the Old Testament, because the New wasn't written quite uh, quite yet. And then after 40 days, he uh, ascended into heaven. He had uh, begun instructing his disciples uh, about that. They were probably hoping that he would stay with them forever. They loved being with him. They loved him. They adored him. And uh, uh, so they were worried uh, about that. But he had assured them in the, on the night before he died that he would not leave them orphans, but that he would send a helper. And so uh, uh, 40 days after his uh, uh, ascension, then we come to Pentecost, was an Old Testament feast uh, of the Jews, but on that day it was that uh, the Lord Jesus Christ, along with the Father in heaven, sent the Holy Spirit in a powerful and visible way uh, to be uh, with the church of Jesus Christ throughout all time. You remember that occasion uh, then as those uh, tongues of fire descended and, uh, and uh, broke up as it well on the heads of each of those who were gathered in that upper room and they were filled in that spectacular, miraculous way with the Holy Spirit and they went out and there was so much noise and sound from, uh, from that miraculous pouring out of the Holy Spirit that a huge crowd had gathered and Peter uh, gives his first sermon on that day and he reminds uh, his people the Jewish people okay who were gathered in Jerusalem for this feast of the of Pentecost uh, he reminds them of who Jesus Christ uh, was and what it is that he had done to redeem his people and then at the uh, at the end of the sermon then Peter uh, begins to instruct his uh, congregation, so to speak, about what it is they uh, ought to do. Therefore, Jesus, you remember, had in his uh, so-called great commission to the church, had told his apostles that they were to go to the far ends of the earth and they were to baptize people into the name of the Father and the Son and uh, the Holy Spirit and promising as long as they taught people everything that he taught, that he would be with his church until the end of the world. And then uh, Peter turns to his congregation and he says this to them. I want to give you three verses this morning. The first is from Acts chapter 2 and verse 39. He said to his congregation, For to you is the promise. 
and to your children and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call unto him. Peter reminds them of the great promise of God, the promise of salvation in the blood of the Lamb. And he says to the people, though, the promise is to you, and the promise is also to your children and to all that are far off. And in those words, I'm sure that Peter had in mind that that, uh, ancient event when in the 17th chapter of the book of Genesis, God himself appeared to Abraham. And God said to Abraham, I will establish my covenant between me and thee and with thy seed, which is just the Jewish word for children, I'll establish my covenant with, between me and thee and thy children after thee throughout all their generations for an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee, and there it is again, and to thy seed after thee. I'm sure that's why Peter says to the uh, people on uh, Pentecost that the promise, that's the promise, the promise made to Abraham, that the promise is to you and to your children and to your seed after you. And so in that, just as, remember we talked so much about that covenant of circumcision where God did two things. The first thing he did, he made a claim. He said, that baby is mine. That baby belongs to me. And secondly, he gave the promise. The promise is to be your God and to be the God of your children after you. You know, our children belong to God whether we give them to him or not whether we dedicate our children to not, they belong to God. But, but oh, how blessed is the family that recognizes that children are a gift of the Lord. They belong to the Lord, and we're just stewards of, uh, of those children. And so Peter uh, is thinking about all those wonderful promises from the past, and that's why he reminds uh, the people that uh, as uh, later on in Acts chapter 16, as Paul would say to that uh, rather frantic Philippian jailer, when he says, what shall I do to be saved? The apostle says, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and thou shalt be saved. Thou and thy family. And so we see in the New Testament that God continues to make his covenant with families. And you see through the New Testament various places, not only the Philippian jailer, but Paul when he went to Corinth, that they baptized believers and their households. And that's what we're doing here this morning. It's a special uh, blessing. In that verse, though, we re- uh, always want to remember this as well. I, I uh, generally, uh, for many, many years, used to say to my congregations, if you're tempted to think that pouring water makes your child a Christian, I'd rather you not do it. Because what the 
what the apostle says to that Philippian jailer. Okay. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Sure, the Philippian jailer was about to be baptized right in the jailhouse. And his household, his family as well. But there's only one way to salvation. That's not through, through water baptism. That's through being baptized in the Holy Spirit and in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And so this morning as we baptize little uh, Luther, we're reminding uh, all of us and hopefully him uh, one day, he'll have to be told the story, of course, that God said, you're mine. And I'm putting you in this loving Christian family. And the main task, the main task of that family with reference to Luther is to bring him up to know and love and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. So that's why we're here this morning. Let me uh, ask uh, Mike and Mary if they'd bring little Luther up to the front now. You'll see in the bulletin I have uh, written out for you there the promises that uh, Mike and Mary have been uh, considering for some uh, weeks uh, now. And you could uh, uh, read through those and think about your own life. We, we have uh, five children here uh, right now that, that uh, maybe you remember. I don't know. Maybe you remember the day that you were baptized uh, too. And now uh, little Micah. A uh, little Luther Micah. I hope I don't baptize Micah too much uh, uh, here in all, in all this. But uh, let me ask you the questions and I'll ask you to answer. I do. Do you acknowledge your child's need of the cleansing blood of Jesus Christ and the renewing grace of the Holy Spirit? Do you? I do. Do you claim God's covenant promises in his behalf And do you look in faith to the Lord Jesus Christ for his salvation as you do for your own? Do you? I do. And do you now unreservedly dedicate your child to God and promise in humble reliance upon divine grace that you will endeavor to set before him a godly example that you will pray with and for him that you will teach him the doctrines of our holy religion and that you will strive by all the means of God's appointment to bring him up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. Do you? I do. Let's pray. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, how we thank you for your graciousness, not only in the salvation that you have given us in the Lord Jesus Christ, but that you extend so many blessings to the children of the covenant. We thank you for this opportunity. Now we thank you for Micah and for Mary. We thank you for their faith their love for the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for the little child that you've given to them. How we pray now that you would bless uh, this sacrament which you have commanded and you have given as a gift to your people. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. And now, Luther, Micah, Gould, I baptize you in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Let's pray. 
Oh, dear Heavenly Father, again, we thank you for little Luther. How we pray, dear Father, that you would bless him. We bless him on all the years of his life, that you would be pleased to enable him to grow up, to be healthy and strong, but most of all, that he would be a godly man, believing in the Lord Jesus Christ and striving to honor and to please his Lord. Father, we pray for him that you would bless and protect and keep him, that in your good time you would send your regenerating Holy Spirit, giving him uh, repentance and faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. We pray for Mary and for Micah. Again, we thank you for them. And how we pray that you would bless and support and keep them in the very strenuous job of being good Christian parents. Enable them to bring little Luther up to know you and to love you. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.